Hey, we want to welcome you back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Alan here with Trent today. And Trent, it's another day we're not alone. It's great when we get to talk to someone else. So introduce our guest today. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about our interview today. We get to visit with Miss Lori Acker. Uh, she has a ministry that we've uh, found out about recently and have really enjoyed, and that is the Small Church Ministry, and she has a podcast and several other things, and so Lori, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're excited to have you here and, and really appreciate your time, and uh, so we want you to share a little bit about your ministry and your family and your story, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. I can share a little bit. Before I before I do, though, I just have to say your podcast name, Enduring Churches, like, I love that word, enduring. Like, it, I just think, like, that's the church of Jesus Christ. It is enduring. I Sometimes people will ask me, what's, how do you have hope for churches these days? You know, like, as if all the churches are going to disappear someday or we're all going to, you know, fall off the face of the planet. I'm like, well, it's, it's God's church. Like, I don't really worry about that because it is enduring. Like, he has the enduring church, right? So anyway, I love the name of your podcast. Um, So (laughs) a little bit about me. Um, I am a Midwestern girl who grew up in snow and ice. And uh, 16 years ago, we moved to Tucson. And Tucson, Arizona, where the sun is almost always shining. And I was like, I was born in the wrong state. Uh, But my (laughs) husband and I have uh, three grown kids and a son-in-law and a very busy puppy named Pesto. And that's kind of my family. Like we're in Tucson and love it. Um, my husband is a pastor and um, I'm doing this other gig now. So it's pretty fun. Good deal. I, and I'm excited be, because uh, you, you're a pastor's wife. You you do ministry. You you understand the things that uh, your, pa- your pastor husband and Alan and I have dealt with. And so uh, I'm excited because you get to have great conversations. I've listened to several and and you get to bring out some of those things that maybe other people don't realize that uh, pastors need to be aware of or pastors deal with. So I appreciate your ministry very much. Thanks. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about it. A lot of folks here don't know who you are. So tell us about your ministry and what it's all about. Awesome. Well, um, the ministry is called Small Church Ministry. Um, we actually were called the Creative Little Church until about a year ago, but nobody could ever say that. People were like saying, what's that little church thing you do? So we're like, okay, we got to rebrand a little bit. But um, this whole thing started a little bit by accident, I like to say, although looking back, it just wasn't accidental at all. It was just just perfectly designed. But um, in 2020, um, when COVID hit, was that the 20, 2020 was that year? Um, I lost my day job and I am married to a pastor, but I had a full-time job with um, a college and I lost my day job. They just did some restructuring. And all of a sudden I was like, what am I going to do? Because we have bills to pay. And at the time I had a little blog and a tiny little Facebook community uh, for small churches. And it was really about creativity and small churches and um, that little two by four shove out the door from my job kind of thrust me into this entrepreneurial edge. And over the past couple of years, we've developed an entire ecosystem of support for small churches. And our main focus actually is volunteers. It's bringing up volunteers and training them to be who God designed them to be, to shine the light that they have. Um, and small churches is the niche and that's a little that's a little overview. There's obviously a lot more, but what would you guys like me to talk about next? <laughs> I think that's great. Uh, you know, you kind of talked about a little bit of how you got started. What do you think is your philosophy? Is really you said aiming at volunteers 
Is there something else that you really grab hold to that you really want to um, help promote? Yeah, for sure. We are very different than anything that I've ever seen out there. And it, it kind of goes back to our story. Um, actually, right out of college, I was actually in ministry before my husband was. So I was in youth ministry and children's ministry. And right out of college, I went to a pretty intensive ministry training. And the first church I worked in was 3,000 people. It was probably more than 3,000. But it was it was a big church. Um, so um, for many people, maybe that's smaller if you're used to 10,000 megachurches. But it was a big church to me. And I my whole focus was junior high. Like I was hired to do 6th, 7th, and 8th grade ministry full time. Like how crazy is that? And then I worked in a church that was around four or 500. And that was like a sweet spot for me. I really liked that size. Then I married a guy who became a pastor, by the way. <laughs> that was another fake out by God. And, um, but I married a guy who became a pastor. And um, this church came up in Tucson. And we came out to visit it. And it was small. And I remember walking in going, oh, my goodness gracious. Like, I hadn't been... Um, I had been in churches of under 100 growing up in and out, but I had not worked in one. And ministry in small churches is very different. It's very mm -hmm. different, but God is so right. present. And I think that's one of the main things that people find different with me is we're not about growing small churches big. We are about seeing where God is working in small churches. And it is not about taking the same processes, the same programs, the same curriculum and importing it into small churches. Because small Amen. church ministry is not less, but it's very different. You know, Trent and I work with a lot of churches, and most of our churches are small churches. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think our, for us, that conversation is more like, how do we be a healthy church? We're not so much about the numbers. The numbers will be whatever they're going to be if you're healthy. Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. When people talk about church health, there's all these scales and you know, I, there's even tests, right? Quizzes on how healthy is your church and things like that. Um, for me, we really talk about if you are joining with God where he's at work, if you individually are moving in health, right, then that starts to flow out. So I don't do the system, I don't know, the systemic things. I Honestly, my main audience is not pastors. I am working with volunteers who are saying, I want to be a light. I don't know how to do it. I was just thrown into leadership. What do I do? And in my mind, so again, I was trained in ministry before I even met my husband. So he always at least had me there, right? Understanding ministry, understanding relationships, understanding programming, understanding dealing with conflict. And, and I've just seen so many pastors struggling. And I just thought if they had one volunteer, one volunteer who like knew how to plan well, knew how to involve people, knew how to deal with conflict, knew how to, you know, do ministry program, knew public speaking, knew these basic ministry skills. Like, how much stronger would our churches be? So that's my heart. And we do have tons of pastors who find us and love what we do and go through the academy and join the network. Um, and I love I love our pastors. But my heart is really is in strengthening those volunteers. I, I've heard you say, Lori, that you deal with accidental leaders, you know, those volunteers that, that have been shoved into a spot they didn't expect to be in. And and I know that probably all of us can say we've done that from time to time. We've been that person. But so tell me some of the things that have been surprises for you 
um, as you've done this ministry and even talking to other people? What have been some some good or bad surprises that you've had? So the accidental leaders for me hasn't been a surprise because we've been dealing with it in our church for so long. And when I talk about accidental leaders, that's kind of like, you know, when people say I'm willing, but then they're like, they had no idea what they were getting into, which is the plight of small churches. Because big churches, they hire their leaders. Like I've been in them, I've seen them. They hire them. They hire qualified people. In small churches, there's a lot more developing people than recruiting people. And honestly, I think that is the core of Jesus-style ministry. Like that is exactly what Jesus did. And I love that part. But surprises to me, I'll tell you what the surprises are. Most people who find us um, are looking for ideas. And there's a surprise that it's really not about the idea. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's not what people need. Like small churches need more hope than anything else. Because once the pastor loses hope, once people lose hope, like we're we're not fighting numbers. We're actually fighting discouragement. It's kind of like you both work in missions, don't you? Like with missions, mm-hmm. a missionary on the field, the ones that I've known, they are, they're not discouraged when two come. They're like, woohoo, we got two. <laughs> yeah. They're not discouraged when 10 show up. They're like, oh, look what God did. God brought 10 or God brought one person to move into leadership. And I think that's one of the things our modern culture with our church society, wherever we've gone, is that we're not fighting numbers. We're fighting hope. And I think that, for me, has been the biggest surprise. I get emails from pastors, a lot of pastors' wives, saying, you are the first person who's told me I am not a failure Mm -hmm. because our church hasn't broken 50 or broken 100 or broken the 200. And other pastors, I'm telling you, are saying to these pastors that they're failing. You're doing it wrong other pastors, Mm. other Jesus followers. And it's not true. And I'm not just trying to make people feel good about a failure. It's not true. It's not biblical. I I love that you said, Lori, that you're about bringing hope. We're we're supposed to be hope dealers, right? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I love what you're saying because we do see that. Like Mm -hmm. my church has to the point where I thought it was. I just had that conversation with a pastor last week. You know, he's like, well, I think I need to go somewhere else because I'm not helping. I'm not, I'm not accomplishing anything. And so, yeah, that discouragement and that flows down to the volunteers. I mean, they mm-hmm. go into a thing. Well, it's probably not going to work anyway. So what am I giving my time to it for? Exactly. And mm-hmm. so you guys are getting me all passionate right now because either God is God or he's not. And if God is at work, he's at work right now. Like he's mm-hmm. at work right in front of you. Like, and if we keep our focus on the circle that he's given us, and I don't care if that's one or 10 or, you know, I honestly don't think it's a thousand because I don't think we influence relationally people a thousand, like whoever it is, like if we keep our focus there, God is at work. So that pastor who says, I don't think God's doing anything. I just want to say, yes, he is. He absolutely is because he says he is. So Mm -hmm. if we don't keep our eyes, like looking at that one person, maybe it's not the person we think we want in front of us. Like, maybe it's not. Maybe, you know, we're getting this person who, like, is nobody we would ever want to relate to. And we wanted those people over there, right? Like, we wanted those people. God Mm. brought you somebody. There's somebody. And what is God doing right there? So, Lori, uh, we've been talking about hope and and encouraging pastors. And so, uh, one of the the recent podcast episodes that you put out was a great interview with Miles Larson uh, from the Brethren Church. I really enjoyed that. I took... A, like a full page of notes from that. And just, I, even some of the questions that he posed, I sent out to some of the pastors that I know. Yeah. So I just love that. And so with that, I want to ask you what, 
things that you've learned or maybe, you know, for you and your husband have talked about uh, pieces of advice you would like to give to those serving in small churches? I would say number one is just that, you know, get back to your own gut level faith of, is God working? Like those core beliefs, if God is working, like he's working, he's here. And some of that is just identifying that and even believing that it's true. You know, I think that is so important. And the other thing, and this is kind of coming up a bit in a workshop series I have next week too, is just, there's not a secret answer. There's no secret to getting volunteers. There's no secret to growing your church. My husband did his dissertation on um, small churches on the longevity of, of pastors in small churches. And it was so interesting as he was researching and talking to people and even just pastors we've known throughout the years. So many pastors have gotten like degrees in church growth. <laughs> and I just tell you, most of those pastors have not grown in churches and they feel like failures because here I am. I have an advanced degree in church growth and I haven't grown my church. And number one, I want to say growing a church is not evidence of God at work. It's not. It could be evidence of great marketing. It could be evidence of a lot of things. It could be evidence of God at work. But it's not the evidence, right? It's not the evidence of God at work, no matter what size your church is or what size your ministry is. But there's no secret sauce. There's just understanding truth and learning some tools. Yes, there are great tools. That's what we do at Small Church Ministry. We teach tools that are work in small churches, which, by the way, no one else does. <laughs> you have to adapt mm -hmm. all these things to put it into your context. But then there's practice. There's practicing the tools. There's there's remembering the truth. There's reminding yourself of it and practicing these things. But there's not a secret thing. There's no secret answer, like quit looking for the answer to grow your church. It doesn't exist. There's not a secret. There's no secrets. I can give you tons of strategies, tons of tools, but there's nothing secret that we don't have access to. But there's a lot of practice. You know, I love what you're saying here about, you know, growth isn't evidence of God at work and pastors do get derailed in that sometimes. And I think sometimes we get derailed because we are, we're, we're busy doing things that we probably shouldn't be doing. We're not sharing enough. You know, sometimes when you're in a small church, you feel like you've got to do everything and you're working with volunteers. You, you say you, there's tools, there's resources. Uh, give us an example of maybe how a pastor should be engaging people in their church. So it's not just them doing it. So they don't get to that place. I want to go back to one thing you said just real quick. So um, I don't believe that evidence of God at work is growth in numbers, but I do believe we'll always see growth. And a lot of people throw at me the thing about, well, you know, if it's a good tree, it's going to bear good fruit. And I say, yes, exactly. It bears good fruit. It doesn't have to bear a bunch of fruit. It, it's not about the number. It's about the good fruit and the bad fruit, right? So if we're doing good things, we are bearing good fruit. Absolutely. Um, so pastors who are discouraged or wondering how to stop doing it all, um, it to me, one of the biggest keys and one of the things that we teach is involving other people in the planning, not doing ministry for them, but doing ministry with them. So often we have like youth directors stepping up to do ministry to youth. Just the other day, I had somebody in the Facebook community with this huge free Facebook community. And they're asking, I think it was even today, they're saying, how do we engage our young adults? What should we do for them? You know, they seem like they're here. And my go-to all the time is ask them, meet with them. Don't just put a survey out and if they don't answer it. Don't think they don't care. They do care. They absolutely do care. Every human being wants to do well. Every human being wants to connect with their purpose. Every human being wants to feel significant. Every human being wants to find meaning. No matter how much they know or don't know God, like that all leads to God. 
And so ask them, involve them in the process, because we do get in this place where we feel like we have to do, do, do for people or to them instead of with them. We teach planning parties, having planning parties strategically, not just inviting, like we have all these different steps to a planning party, which you can find free on the website, um, but not just saying, hey, come to a planning party, but actual strategies that help people share in a way that they don't feel like they're going to get shut down or condemned, honoring their views, utilizing it, you know, building relationships like that. I guess that's one, that's one step there, but there's so much more. If you had a limited amount of time to share with a pastor that was discouraged, what would be one thing that you would share with him? Uh, The first thing I would share is that pastor, you are doing good and you're not a failure and God loves you and God sees you and he delights in you right now. Too many pastors are broken, literally feeling like failures. And God is sitting here delighting in us because he loves us. Like hands down, number one, that is not the way that God looks at us ever, like ever. I don't Mm -hmm. believe ever. And the second thing I would say is develop the people you have. Even if it's one, develop the person you have. Look at who God's brought instead of looking outside. Small churches, especially, as I mentioned earlier, we're not in a place of recruiting people who are done. And Jesus didn't do it either. Jesus is walking along and he's like calling fishermen. I'm sure he's like, God, seriously, like this is the person you brought to me. Like God could have surrounded Jesus with public speakers, people who knew management, people who could throw events, people. And that's not was not the example of of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus took fishermen, tax collectors, sinners, people who are going to betray him. And he didn't say, oh, I must be failing and I need to find other people. He literally developed the people that, that God, I believe God put in his path. And so I just say like, let's do ministry like Jesus. So when you, you do your training through a lot of workshops, um, mm-hmm. you do some virtually, you probably do some in-person things, but you've got some workshops coming up. Tell us about those workshops and how people might connect with you to be a part of them. We have a free workshop series coming up next week that is, um, which is, you know, 2023 at the end of February, March, and it's a three-part series workshop, and that actually is happening on Facebook. It's called More Volunteers, and it is solid and great content, and we have a lot of fun, like, interacting together, but um, it is one of those things that, honestly, if you're on Facebook, everybody should just get to them. Um, to check out all our events, if you go to smallchurchministry.com slash events, you will see like our events for the year. And one, the biggest place where transformation happens and where we see the most testimonies is what people who actually join the academy. Um, the academy is just, ugh, it includes a network, it includes modules, it includes all this. But what happens when we are trying to make a change, like I think about this with, um, I don't know, you can even think about weight loss. Like, you know, you, these are the tools. This is the truth, right? You got to have a calorie deficit and here's the tools. You got to do this, but what gets us to practice, <laughs> right? Like that's really, we get stuck all the time with any kind of life change. And I am more and more and more determined to spread the word that if you want to practice and get some change, you've got to surround yourself with people who are going in the same direction. Like it is almost impossible to make a change when you are surrounded by people who are discouraged or are not with the program or are not going in the same direction. And so um, when you hang out with us, whether it's in the free Facebook community or in the academy, you're just surrounded by people who are moving in the same direction. The academy is actually, honestly, the the place where we have seen more and more stories saying, I was going to quit my church as a pastor and I am excited now. And there's so many tools to help your church 
people in your church get on board, so they're going in the same direction. But in small churches, a lot of times at the beginning, it's just us. It's just one person or two people who have hope, who have that. And so to surround yourself with other people in small churches, like all over the globe, even meeting you two today, what an encouragement to me. Like, I don't know if you feel it, but don't you love that about the podcast? Like, it's like we're meeting people everywhere who like are excited and determined. And if those people are not in your church yet, if you haven't developed them that, if they haven't caught on the hope, I really think one of the biggest things to do is surround yourself with people in small churches who are moving in that place where you're going to be moving because they just, it's like you're almost on this train going the same direction or in a mob of people going somewhere positive instead of negative. So it really just boosts you up. Mm, I love that, Lori. And so, uh, you know, and I got to say that I have, my wife, Dana, and I, we have really enjoyed your podcast and listening to some of that. And and it's been good stuff, um, you know, and I've seen that you you provide, you know, not only the uh, events that are coming up, but you just mentioned the Academy. Could you tell us again how to find those resources and how to get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. If you go to smallchurchministry.com slash membership, you'll see two of our paid options. 90% of what we do is all free, like because we get small churches and we get budgets. Um, the membership and the membership includes a network and the academy. There's a couple different options, but if you go to that page, you can learn more about it. Um, the membership is ongoing. And so it is like that place of not just refuge, but a place where you are seen and heard and people get it. And we are not just teaching random tools, but a whole system and a strategy of support and growth in a lot of those ministry areas I mentioned even early on. So if you've got a volunteer and you're like, wow, this person has time to give. As a pastor, I don't, right? Like pastors are spread Mm -hmm. thin with small churches. You find that one volunteer who's excited, but maybe could use some development or could use some sharpening or could use some smoothing out even. Like put them through the academy and and they can they'll just grow with a whole bunch of people who are going in that direction where we believe small churches are a place where God is alive and working and is doing amazing things not based on how many num- how many how many numbers you have but just based on God is at work and our job is to join him there love that that's so good well Lori we're we are so glad that you uh joined us today and I'm excited about what you're doing Small churches are the churches of America. Mm-hmm. 90 small churches are are under 100 people. And so if we don't find solutions for the small church, the church is in great trouble. And it is an encouragement to see someone who has a passion to see the, the small church thrive and the small church yeah. can thrive. So thanks yeah. again time to join us. And everyone go out to small church, uh, smallchurchministry.com and check out what they've got going on. So thanks for enduring with us, uh, church leaders. Be a part of this podcast, share this podcast, and be sure to check out Laurie's as well. Mm-hmm.